Episode 1062, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Still on the road in the the globally known destination of Lubbock, Texas, is author, speaker, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. <laughs> and from Nashville, Tennessee, our very own downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Derek is out again this week, uh, still on his listening tour or preview tour. Uh, very cool thing he's doing. Uh, before we get going, I have some questions. Jamie, these glasses you're wearing. Oh, you do you like are, them or not? I like them. They are a bold statement. Thank you. They look like 1970s race way. car driver. Okay. Well, let me explain that to you. So okay. I got a um, like a promo box. That people send out when they release things, right? You know what I'm talking about. Like they send you and it has like gifts mm-hmm. in it. Well, this the thing came- that I look at and go, why did you waste $38 on this? I'm okay, not going to promote this. this on my IG. Yeah. This was in the box promoting Jesus Revolution, the movie. Because mm, 70s this glasses. brand, Caddis, is what the glasses they used in the movie. And so it's like the best thing I've ever gotten in a little promo box. And I'm... I love them so much. Thank I was going to say, they, that is actually, because usually it's like a jump drive. But uh-huh. Or a people journal. Still use, people still use the jump drives. <laughs> like or it's a whole bunch of shredded confetti. And like, yes, I'm, it's I'm trying to get the book confetti. out. Yeah. I'm trying to get the book out. And it's a bunch of filler in here yes. with a bunch yeah. of junk underneath it. Yeah. Hey, but Lionsgate not playing around. Look at these glasses. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you you the bet the best ones I've ever gotten come from the the movie studios and TV networks and stuff. Yeah. You get a Nat Geo box promoting something. That's gonna be some good stuff in there. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, you guys, I have a question for you. Okay, so I flew to Lubbock this morning. It's just a hop, skip, and a jump. Wait, they have an airport in Lubbock, Texas? (laughs) Yes, yes, it is here. Um, I thought you would have to get there by stagecoach. (laughs) I was sitting on the plane, (laughs) seat ninety. And in 8C, Wait, so that's a big plane. 90? <laughs> 9D and 8C was a man, and he had one of those new iPads with like the ginormous screen. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was writing what I found out was like a sermon. Okay. So he's writing out this sermon, and I can clearly see it. I read his entire sermon as he was working on it. Like I couldn't as stop reading it. And I was wondering if you guys were sitting next to someone with their computer, if you would read it or would you look away because you felt like it was their personal privacy? No, I'm reading it. I'm reading yeah. every word. I'm editing it in my head. <laughs> yep. We're reading it. Because because here's the thing. You're 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 making the choice. Airplane is a very unnatural environment. When else do you sit that close in proximity? <laughs> Literally your arms could touch someone. And they a complete are stranger. Touching. Mm-hmm. For hours and hours on end, a lot of people don't even acknowledge the person. I mean, if you're making the choice to pull out some giant electronic device that is within someone else's field of vision, I'm sorry. Like, it's, we're all human beings. What do you, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm not up, sorry. Uh, literal blinders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've done. I, I've worked on planes plenty of times, and I fully expect people near me are reading over my shoulder. I mean, and and I and I also assume they're very impressed. Uh, it's why I day. have a hard time working on planes. I'm like, I have a hard time working on like work work because I'm like, I don't need these people in my business. It makes me no- nervous. I feel all vulnerable. And this poor man, he doesn't even know it. I read his entire message. 
And so he's sitting on the aisle on the left. And you're sitting on the aisle on the right, uh-huh. and he's one row ahead of you. So you're seeing yeah. literally everything. He has I mean, no idea. I have the, yes, yeah. Okay, so I have I have the worst. I have two terrible stories. <laughs> to the worst one, I just told Emily recently. So I'm nervous. Back in back in 2008, I get an email from Rick Warren. I, I he's now a mentor and a close friend, but I didn't know him at the time. And he just said, "Hey, do you want to go to Rwanda with me on Monday?" And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> you know, let's go." I've never met you, but yes. And so life is busy. You know, four days later, I'm on a plane going halfway around the world. And we're going, it's like, it's 10 years after the genocide. He was doing a lot of work with the government and the churches there. It was an amazing couple of weeks that we spent there. Um, But I didn't know anything about the story of Rwanda other than I know they made a movie about this. And Mm so Emily will tell you, I don't prepare for things. I show up and dive all in, but I, I'll say yes, but I don't prepare. Yeah. And so I'm on the plane going from Amsterdam to Kigali, Rwanda, like the final leg, which is like 12 hours. And I'm like, okay, I need to like figure out or learn what the situation <laughs> is in Rwanda. So I pull out on my laptop. I had downloaded Hotel Rwanda. And so I'm like, I'm going to watch Hotel Rwanda on the way to Rwanda. And that's going to educate me. I am on that aisle seat watching Hotel Rwanda. And did not know that it would be depicting the slaughtering of Rwandans on this movie. Listen, surrounded by Rwandans flying to Rwanda. And like, and I'm like, it was the most uncomfortable. I could not believe, I didn't know what to do. I'm lowering the laptop screen to like, (laughs) like, like not let anybody see over my shoulder. I didn't know what to do, but I, you know, I need to push through and like learn. Anyway, the whole thing, Hotel Rwanda is a movie, is a actual hotel called uh, the Hotel Mikulin. The whole thing is based at the Hotel Mikulin. I land in Kigali and didn't know anybody, didn't know the group I was meeting. Uh, I was the last person on the trip. They're all staying at one hotel. I had to go stay at a separate hotel by myself, get in the cab, and it drives into the Hotel Mikulin. I ended up staying at Hotel Rwanda after the most uncomfortable plane ride of my life, watching Hotel Rwanda with a bunch of Rwandans. So number one, wow. don't watch movies on the... The other one was I was up in first class, right by the bathrooms. I was on the aisle and I one morning was watching Marley and Me at like 8 a.m. Yeah. for some reason. Mm-hmm. And people are like lined up waiting for the bathroom. And I am sitting there in a full sob, bawling. just like <laughs> ugly bawling, just nasty, <laughs> ugly bawling. At like 8 a.m., people are sleeping, they're having mimosas. And I'm like, <laughs> watching Marley and Me. As people are still lining up for the bathroom. So all that to say, don't get the aisle seat if you're going to watch junk on your computer or write sermons. Here's the other phenomenon, because, Jamie, I think you're totally in the right here. I have no I don't think anybody has any problem with with, you know, reading the message. And hopefully had something in there for you. Hopefully you were moved and you were able to apply (laughs) the lessons from that. Did you give your life to the Lord? Yeah. yeah. But the um, the other thing is like. I can scroll through, especially on flights on on airlines that still have like the back of the seat, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Mm -hmm. TVs, not like your mobile devices. I'll sit there and spend. Yeah, I'll I'll spend like I don't know half hour just scrolling, just see what, just laying out the (laughs) options, okay? And a lot of times I'm like, yeah, I'm probably just going to listen to a podcast. You know, that's probably ninety percent of the time. I scroll through it all. 
But even if I select something, I will always find myself looking at someone else's screen, watching a movie, like I'm jumping in halfway and I can't yep. even hear it, but I am enthralled by yep. what has happened on their screen. And yep. then I'm like, well, I should have chosen this movie. This movie looks awesome. Why did I do it? And it's like, if I go and turn that movie on, they're going to know I've been watching yep. it on their screen yep. Yep. at that point. And that, you know, and then it's just going to be uncomfortable. Do I just pull off the movie and just kind of look at them and be like, yeah, thanks for the recommendation, you know, like, or I don't know. It's, it's very uncomfortable. I think I'll there needs to be this. more conversations about this. None of my seatmates turned on Hotel Rwanda no, on they the didn't. way to Kigali. They yeah, lived no. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it was their documentary. Poor guy. It was the worst, the worst airplane experience ever or most uncomfortable. Anyway, so did you learn anything in his sermon? Was yeah, it, it was a good great. sermon? I, th- I, I, sh- I wanted to tap him on the shoulder afterwards and be like, hey, I believe in you. Like, it was literally like a hard message too. And I was like, go for it, brother. You got this. Like, it was, I was in it. Yeah, it Brilliant was great. Yeah. yeah, I know. So, so 8C, he wasn't in first class. So he's a good no, guy. No, we he's were not right a, behind he, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. good. So he's a good uh-huh. pastor. He's yeah. using the church's resources <laughs> yeah. wisely. Because if he's in first class, I'm like, uh, prosperity preacher right there. You know, yeah, well, maybe he flies a lot and he gets upgraded. I get upgraded all the time. I was in I first class this morning too. on the first leg. So there you go. Well, you had a layover to Lubbock? You can, I can't get anywhere out of Austin without a layover. I had to go to Dallas. It was like 40 minutes up to Dallas, 40 minutes over to Lubbock. It's terrible. It's like Nashville. It's literally Nashville, terrible. There's no directs from Nashville to anything. You have to go to Atlanta. Or yeah, it's just is 4 a.m. this morning. It's ridiculous. Ugh. It's just insane that you can't. There's not a direct flight from Austin to Lubbock. Like that. I know. Yeah. That just is silly. We're not in good standing with these Red Raiders over here. So, wreck them. I'm assuming that's Wreck-em. all references to Texas things. <laughs> yeah, I have no yeah. idea. Texas the only Tech Texas thing I know Lubbock. is Bucky's gas stations, which is Texas what we talked about on the last is, show. Texas uh, the Red Raiders, and they say wreck them. Got it. And they float, and they, I think this is true. I'm not a fan, and I didn't go here. I think they throw tortillas on the football field, which is weird. I have heard that actually. My sister in law yeah. went there. I think that's a it, thing. Mm-hmm. Is that an act of celebration I or I actually disdain? don't know. I have no idea. I just know I've heard that about them. So there you go. Texas. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, we talk to Mike Donahue. You probably know him as a lead singer from 10th Avenue North, but he's also a published author. And we talked to him about his new book. You don't want to miss that. Also, at the end of the show, we have a great game. You'll see. Just stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Um, there you go. Put it up next. Stay tuned. It's Slices. To Dominic Fike, the song is Dancing in the Courthouse. I don't think they allow that. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. 
Episodes 1 through 3 of The Chosen Season 4 are in theaters till February 14th, so visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Slices! All right, what do you have, Jesse? All right, I found uh, this this interesting um, <clears throat> and relatable, um, and uh, that's why I'm bringing it. No, you can find out more at relevantmagazine.com, <laughs> but uh, there's a recent survey um, that found that 61% of uh, millennials, and they're classifying this millennials as 27 to 42 age range. Can you believe millennials are in their 40s, by the way? They used to be the young, the youngins, and now they're in their 40s. They got like now we got- 401ks. They're like going to Bucky's and grilling out on the road trips. <laughs> on the side of the road. Yeah, they're the ones. Yeah, they're the ones. Um, the, it's millennials all, all along. Um, no, but 61% maintain some degree of side hustle, um, which I that seems very 61. high. 61, a second yeah. job. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That seems very high to me, like just as like a number, like, wow, are you serious? But then I start thinking about, and, and this is anecdotal, myself and uh, other people I know or am related to. And I'm like, no, that probably checks out. I would say six and 10 of my friends or family in that age range, you know, either have a full-time job and do, and, and have a couple things going on the side, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's not something like traditional, like, or, or it's not something like the gig economy, like Uber or though I do have friends who've driven Uber and done things like that, you know, um, but a lot of it's just like picking up like freelance stuff. Like mm-hmm. it sort of has become the norm. Um, and I saw Relevant actually talk to uh, some of the folks behind the study and they had kind of two um, two perspectives on why this is the case. One is just the general economic conditions that a lot of millennials grew up with, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of coming out of the, the housing crisis and now COVID and, you know, inflation and all the other poor economic conditions. But the other one is just like, it's a generation that is sort of the last one to not really have like true job security at companies that value sort of long-term employment, like, their parents and grandparents did, you know, like it used to be the the thing where you'd go work for a big company and you just work for that company forever. And then you get some sort of like pension or something. Those Mm -hmm. jobs don't really exist outside of like government jobs or maybe like higher education institutions. Um, And so because of that lack of job security, a lot of uh, millennials tend to pick up uh, extra side gigs. Is this like the number is surprising, but when I think about it, I don't think it's like I said, it's like, oh, that that checks out. But I haven't really determined or kind of made an opinion on my head on whether I think this is like a good or bad thing. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Like if this is pot or if it is Mm -hmm. either, if it's just a reality. I feel like maybe it makes me think of like people who are using like their the second gig as like a creative outlet, maybe like they're having to work these jobs that they may not love and adore, but sometimes you just have to work because you have to pay bills. And then maybe they're getting extra money in doing something that they love, or it could be vice versa. They're doing something they love and they don't get paid very much. And like, I got to pay the bills. I don't, I don't, I don't have a thought about it. The study really actually, it was more of the latter is like, they, they just straight up like, cost of living is too much, whatever mm-hmm. they need to just make mm-hmm. extra money. They're not doing it because most of them are doing it because it's like, 
I love photography. It's yeah. like, I need, I need to make an extra 500 bucks, you know? Yeah. So it's like, they're going to do whatever they have to do. That's I mean, I say all the time in Austin, Texas, I don't know how you graduate and then go out into the real world and live. Like, I literally don't know how. Well, they don't stay in Austin. Do That's how they go to Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> they're in <And>, Lubbock. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. I do For think real. It's, I mean, I think part of it might be both that like, even like, you know, this idea of like doing photography. I have a lot of friends that they will do photography on the side, but they have like a main job. And ideally they'd like to do photography full time, but it, it's like you said, like that job security, there's something that kind of keeps them from going full time because they're not guaranteed to, you know, have photo mm-hmm. shoots every week um, or weddings. Like mm-hmm. my brother and sister, they're wedding photographers and it took them a while to go full time because they have to like build up a client list. And even yeah. then it's like people hopefully are only getting married one time. And so it's like you use a client once. Excuse me. Some of us, it's not our <laughs> choice. <laughs> Knew you were going to say something. Uh, <laughs> I can get a frequent flyer card with the wedding photographers. Oh my and gosh. Like, like, they should have a volume discount. They should do like a subway, like a sandwich shop t- sort of deal. Like after five, you get a free wedding photography thing. A free eight by know, 10. And I know that this is a random fact. In Texas, you can only be married eight times. If you try to get married nine times, the state won't recognize your marriage. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. I've, every rule, every wow. rule and every law, every rule and every law is in place because somebody went too far. There, so somebody in Texas. That. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Somebody where, in where Texas. The eighth, where that eighth marriage went really sideways. So oh, yeah. that's enough. <laughs> that is enough. The reason I we know seven. We got to make this official. You cannot get married more than eight times in Texas. Oh, wow. The reason I know that is because I do have a great uncle who has been married seven times. And so he has dated someone and we were like, okay, this next one's really got to count because this is your last chance <laughs> at getting married. <laughs> Because my mom and I looked up like, is there a limit on marriages? And in Texas, there is. So, so you guys know I've been watching a lot of Survivor. I mean, I just, I just have. I I don't care. Make fun of me. I don't care. I'm gonna get through it all, and then I won't have any more Survivor. But I've been watching a lot of Survivor. You know how they have to have everybody has to have a thing, like somebody like the hairstylist or the whatever on the the season I'm watching right now, the one of the ladies things is that she was married and divorced three times. That's the only interesting thing that they could find out about this lady is that she had failed relationships after failed relationship. And that's her thing. And like literally when they put her name on the screen, when she's doing that, you know, like talking to the camera thing, it's like Janice, Divorced three times. Oh my God. <laughs> like, but, but, Everyone else is like army vet. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, army vet. Like, occupation. Divorced three times. Like I'm like, yeah. poor oh, Janice. Like, come Didn't on, ju- Janice. Juggle. Good juggler. <laughs> you know? She's like, hey, I can juggle too. Why do you use that? Divorced three times. That's her whole poor claim Janice. to fame. I wonder if oh she was gosh. like, if she pushed back on that and be like, can you guys find any other interesting Anything thing else? About me? It's like, sorry, lady. You're just really bad That's at relationships. My birthday is on. My birthday is around a leap year. I've only had a couple of birthdays. That's kind of wonderful to really find that interesting. Uh, she's four. Yeah, Janice, she's four. No, no, Janice, you've had three divorces. That's your oh, thing. Poor Sorry. Janice. Poor Janice. Anyway. All right. What do you have, Emily? <laughs> uh, sort of related to what Jesse was talking about um, is this really interesting report that came out that Gen Z is accumulating credit card debt faster than any other generation. Um, so Credit Karma, they did a study... Um, on spanning entire generations. And overall, everyone's credit card debt is expanding. Um, sort of to Jesse's point, just inflation, things, everything costs more. So a lot of people are relying on credit card. Um, but from this time last year, 
And now Gen Z has experienced a 40% increase of average credit card debt. In one year. In Their one balance year. went so, up 40%. Crazy. Yes. So they nearly don't. So, and I will say they overall, they have the lowest amount of debt. But considering the fact that the oldest Gen Z is like 26, like the fact that mm-hmm. they are just again like almost doubling their credit card debt is really concerning and a lot of it has to do with inflation a lot of it has to do with uh financial illiteracy a lot of kids you know they their parents maybe didn't know how to handle money so they don't know how to handle money it's not Mm -hmm. taught in schools how to really properly budget Mm -hmm. um so they're entering adulthood being handed a credit card and just putting everything on it and then not knowing oh i should probably pay this off um literally take some note from their old from the older generation and get side hustles go get a job two jobs (laughs) maybe yeah millennials being the older generation yeah i I remember at college like literally you're just walking to your dorm and there was like one day there was like booths like just sign up for Mm -hmm. a credit card we'll give you a free t-shirt whatever Uh and i did that and then i realized i could go to bennegan's a lot uh-huh. And so I racked up so much credit card debt in college because I, I went too. to Bennigan's all the time. <laughs> so I graduated I, and ended up making $24,000 a year at my first job. And I had all this credit card debt because of Bennigan's. So that was a wake up call to adulthood. But I yeah. got my first credit card at a Houston Astros game the summer after I graduated. Me and my friend, we were at the game. We signed up, went to college. I racked up so much debt. Because this is what I would do. I would go, (laughs) I would be at a bar and I would want to be like the cool person. And so I'd be like, I'd tell the bartender, all these friends are with me. I got everybody. (gasps) And I would do that all the time because I was just like, I want to take care of them. I I know. I don't know if I thought I was something because I had a credit card or what. And I probably wasn't even 21, you guys. I I got saved when I was 21. I had to have been like a minor buying everyone's alcohol on a credit card that I had no money to pay for. This is what's wrong with the world. So this isn't a Gen Z thing. This is a college kid thing. <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. we're it sounds like the, the numbers say that, that they're going up. Now, mm-hmm. I I think there's probably still more to unpack, but Cameron, I have a question. Was yeah. it a Bennigan's credit card? No. <laughs> Was it like... <laughs> <laughs> you have like your your your, your United Airlines like Visa. Is it was this like you a Bennigan's Mastercard? Bennigan's points. I got a free like uh, the brownie with the ice cream on top at the end. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you yeah. Get, yeah, it's like oh well, we, we one you have like your own seating section right at the you know little, you get a corner booth. Bennigan's uh, VIP man. And, and, That's all and, I wanted. And like, well, yeah. would you look at this? You you're entitled to a free Monte Cristo today, so. dude. The Monte Cristo. I have we're never gonna, had we're a Monte deep Cristo. Deep fry this this ham sandwich and and put sugar on it and bring it right out to your table, Mister Strag. Now I will say this: you you owe us fifteen thousand dollars, twenty four percent interest rate, uh, compounding quite quickly. Bennigan's was my go to. Like I went there as much as I possibly could during college, and I remember one day sitting there in a window booth, like looking out the window at night and looking at the sign at the building across the street, and I thought that's blurry. And I went and got my eyes checked. I needed glasses. Bennigan's has been a big part of my wow. life. It was very sad when they went away. I think you're the first person uh, to ever say that. Bennigan's wow. was my thing in college. I love going to Bennigan's. It was like Bennigan's, the only thing in Tulsa, Oklahoma to do. You see, know, here's so. the thing. Bennigan's, your life took an upswing when yeah. Bennigan's entered your life. Yeah. Most people, that's... <laughs> They're that's, that's, on the way down. <laughs> that's a nostril. No, that, that's, that's it's branches on the tree on the, on the way down. down. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of the big branches. That night I ended up at Bennigan's. That, it's best and, we just don't talk about. And their eyes are blurry. Their eyes are blurry for another reason. Not because yeah, I needed glasses. Yeah, 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 Listen, not glasses. Some of my... Yeah. Some of my 
my poorest life decisions came after a night of thing. It was my go-to date spot. Like I would, cause like I knew what I wanted. Um, I had once my again, order. I had, once yeah. again, when people say my go-to date spot was Minigan's, usually that's on the way down. That's, um, that's like Janice. Janice has three marriages. She's hitting up the Minigan's. Yeah. Yeah. That would be your thing. That is, Benigans was his thing. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Benigans. Oh he, he loved Benigans back in the day. That's my thing on Survivor. He loved Benigans. Yeah. Anyway, all right. What do you have, Jamie? Okay, so I saw this this week, and I cannot even imagine being this woman. Okay, I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, this woman. Let me see where she's from. It just says a Spanish woman. I don't know what country she's from. Well, Spain. She was a part. Okay, sorry. Yes. Can you be from another country and be Spanish? I mean, you're Hispanic <laughs> if you're of Latino descent, but if you're Spanish, you are from Spain, right? I mean, I okay, think so. A Spanish yeah. woman. <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it Alec Baldwin's wife? Doesn't she claim to be Spanish? Isn't Hilaria? Or Julia? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. could be one of those situations where <laughs> yeah, it's true. She used to right. visit a lot with her family. She might as well be Spanish. <laughs> she oh remember. But her family Maybe lived was... in Spain, so it was actually you know. Right. Okay, I just okay. saw where the story took place, and it is in Spain. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> Let me start over. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I don't know her ethnicity or what country she's from, other than she's Spanish. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Let me start from the top. Okay, a Spanish let's woman. Let's just assume she's from Ireland. For the sake of the story. She's a Spanish lady from Ireland. I don't know where she's from. Yeah. Okay, here we go. A Spanish woman finally emerged from a cave, you guys, a literal okay. cave, after a solo challenge lasting more than 500 days. Did you catch that? This woman lived underground in a cave for 500 days. She was 230 feet underground. She went down in November of 2021. It was a project for scientists and psychologists to investigate the impact of living alone underground for a long time and including the effect of her circadian rhythm. So she had no human contact, no internet access. I think I, I saw she like read 60 books. She'd spent her time doing crafts and exercising, but she said that she never really knew what time of day it was because She's underground. Yeah, she doesn't have and daylight. So yeah. She doesn't have daylight. And so she never really knew. She says it's not that time passes more quickly or slowly. It's that time doesn't pass because it's always four in the morning. This feels like the craziest thing in the world. I, I, this, I mean, I'm surprised she didn't go crazy. I think she did. This was my life during the pandemic. <laughs> I mean, you could we're, see we're, humans. You could see your postmaster. I did. You could see, see the delivery but guy. Sense of, but you had a sense you, of time. You, you had, had a, it was the sun and the moon. And clocks. You're, you're assuming no a clocks. lot. You're assuming a lot <laughs> that I left my bedroom for nine months. You know. Okay. Also, it says that she, when they came and got her, she thought mm -hmm. it had been around 160 days and it had actually been 500. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? So yeah. she, so she was assuming she was in there for like half a year. See, on Survivor, what they what they do, on Survivor, they, they'll do little like <laughs> notches on the tree to yeah, pass but, but the also, days. You, she didn't have sun. So you just think about it. You don't even know when it's night and daytime. This is just the craziest thing. So why did she do it? And, and she so said she volunteered. She volunteered. This, right? And she actually when someone a journalist asked if she ever considered giving up, she replied no. And she said, in fact, I didn't want to leave. I have a million questions for this woman. Well, she lives in Spain, if you're wondering. How does she eat? 
The, okay, like, so they did say, I'll cover that. They did deliver food and pick up trash, but she had no contact. So it's like probably a pulley, like they would drop it down and she yeah, would like send survivor. stuff up. But right. yeah, 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 but there was yeah. no contact. Wow. Interesting. I would know, you I do mean, that? I mean, honestly, after the pandemic, and, and frankly, I live alone, I work at home, I don't, unless I see Cohen half the time, I don't see humans most time at church. That's it. Like, I could, no, I could get no. down with that. I could do that. I but, wouldn't but do it for but, two days, you guys. I no, I would never, ever, ever. <laughs> you're, too you're talking about stripped of any sense of of time. Like, it's not the no people clocks, for me. It's the time. Yeah, it's yeah. not people. Mm. It, 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 so you have no clocks. You have no way. There's there's no way for you to measure the passage of time, and you have no electronics. You're just sitting there with books and and Legos or whatever. So, it's, it's like, so hey, I, hey, give me some Legos. I'm good. Uh, but yeah, so it's the it's like solitary confinement in prison. I mean, like your mind starts tripping out yeah. on your. I'm just trying to think stuff. of like everything that's ha- like imagine everything that's happened since November 2021 to now. Like, yeah, she is she really entering so a new world. There's so many things that have happened. Mm-hmm. AI, like AI technology, the metaverse um, came and went. Even like politically, like yeah. there Queen are Elizabeth. so many things that have changed. <laughs> And like Queen that, Elizabeth, and she came out, Queen, and Queen Elizabeth was dead. That exactly. would blow her mind. Yeah, yeah. I'd come out and be like, I, I'll be honest. When I went in, I wasn't I entirely she was sure if she was alive or not. Yeah, you know? I thought she was, was one hundred and ten. I thought she was dead, thought she was dead already. Yeah. Will yeah. Smith slapped yeah. Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? She has I can't, to catch no, up that did so not much. happen. Yeah. Oh. Why did he slap him? Well, he was disrespecting his wife in a joke, but it's a it joke. Al- That's what comedians do. It's a joke. What? <laughs> no, but but and it was very dated too. It was GI Jane, a movie that came out like 20 yeah, years ago. It's weird. A GI Jane joke caused him to slap? <laughs> what? I'm going back in the cave, guys. Lower me in on the food pulley because I can't believe this happened. Yep. I don't want to live in a world where people get slapped over dated jokes. Yeah. All right. Without well, do it for slices, there's a lot more weird stories like that at relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out. Stay tuned. Up next, Mike Donahue joins us. Two, baby girl, the song is Starlight. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Well, our guest today is Mike Donahue. He's a singer, songwriter, and guitarist, best known as the lead vocalist for the Christian rock band 10th Avenue North. He's also a published author, and his new book is called Grace in the Gray, A More Loving Way to Disagree. 
We sat down with him to discuss a healthier and more loving way to engage in disagreements and debates and how to find unity in all conversations. Here's our conversation with Mike Donahue. I would love to know what inspired you to write this. Well, a lot of things. You know, I could say, one, I'm married. So that's (laughs) given me lots of practice. I could say I have four daughters, so they disagree with me all the time. (laughs) I could say I was in a band with four bandmates, which everyone disagrees. Music is terribly subjective. And so not only are you always disagreeing, but then you don't really have an objective truth you can stand on to support why your opinion on a guitar riff is better than the others, right? Right. Um, But I would think actually it all started, the genesis of the idea of this book started the day our band got picketed uh, at a concert. And I went outside, you know, because they said, there's a group of people picketing the concert and they're yelling at everyone that they're going to hell for listening to your music. And so I said, well, let's go outside and talk to them. This sounds fun. And I went outside and, you know, these guys are telling me I'm going to hell and I'm playing the devil's music. And I'm like, really? Me? My band? You sure you don't have us mixed up with someone else? And I said, guys, how do you feel like the strategy is going? Picketing and screaming at everyone. Are you seeing a lot of turn, like people changing and coming to your school of thought? And they said, well, it doesn't matter. I said, doesn't matter. They said, doesn't matter. We're telling them the truth. And I walked away from that conversation going, Ooh, that rubbed me the wrong way because I've met a lot of people who would actually agree with that sentiment. That mm-hmm. as long as I'm telling the truth, that's the most loving thing I can do. But what if the way we communicate the truth we believe is just as important as the truth we're trying to convey? And, you know, I had to find some like sort of scriptural backing for this. And so a spoiler alert, there's two sentences in Paul's letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy that really is the summarization of my entire book. But he ends this these two sentences to Timothy and he says, Hey Timothy, correct your opponents. So we are we are to speak our position on things. But he says, but do it with all gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance leading to the truth. And that was it. I went, that's why that interaction rubbed me the wrong way is because essentially Paul's saying, hey, how you communicate your correction is just as important as the correction you're offering. Mm-hmm. And the reason you can do it gently, you don't have to force the issue, is because perhaps God is the one who's going to change someone's mind. And uh, And that really got my my wheels turning and eventually became this book. A lot of times we think we want to be in agreement, but it's it really is like you're saying, we just kind of want to be heard and like understood. And the thing is, if everyone in your life agrees with you all the, all the time, that's actually a scary place to be. Mm -hmm. Because deep down, you then understand, oh, crap, I'm not in a relationship with anyone but myself. And all my friends feel so unsafe around me that they can't actually tell me what they really think. Mm -hmm. And 
I used to think that disagreement was a sign of unhealth in my relationships, and now I realize it's the proof that I'm actually in relationships. Mm. And scripturally, I think this is really fascinating because in the church especially, we often assimilate uh, unity with total agreement. Mm-hmm. And Paul absolutely contradicts that in the book of Ephesians because he says this little, I think this is such a funny little thing in scripture. He says, so he gave to the churches apostles, prophets, teachers, shepherds, and evangelists. For what? For the sake of building up the body into all unity. I go, hey, Paul, I've played in churches for over 20 years. Can I tell you? If you put an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, and a shepherd all in the same room together, they're not going to agree on anything. Right. And he goes, I feel like he goes, yeah, that's the point. Mm. But that's what true unity looks like. So I, one thing I wanted to ask about was, um, you know, we're talking about having, you know, being loving and disagreements. And I guess I just want to know, like, what is something when we maybe need to like bring up correction or bring up a disagreement with someone, what is like a healthy way to do that? Um, and then also on the flip side, kind of what is a healthy way to receive that? Mm, yeah. Um, in that, in those two sentences to Timothy, Paul also says, Um, God's servant must not be quarrelsome. So the first thing I got to check is, am I quarrelsome? Which the check behind the check is, am I bitter or resentful right now? Mm. Before I bring any kind of correction, I need to check my bitterness at the door. Um, Because as I was just listening to the thing Keller was teaching on, he goes, if you don't, people, people, they shirk at the idea of forgiveness, especially if they're oftentimes if they're not in the Christian perspective. Um, and they might think like, yeah, forgiveness is a good idea. It's healthy for you, but it's not necessary. And one of the pushbacks of forgiveness is if you forgive people, then there's no justice. And Keller quotes Miroslav Volf in saying, actually, unless you forgive, you cannot be an, an agent of justice, you will become an agent of vengeance. Mm. So before we engage in any kind of criticism or any kind of argument, we have to check our bitterness and our resentment at the door and we have to deal with that first. Otherwise, that we will not be agents of justice seeking the good for someone. We will be agents of vengeance seeking to take out our resentment on someone. That was Mike Donahue. Make sure to check out his latest book, Grace and the Gray. All right, stay tuned up next. It's Super Toy Bracket.
out of reach You was at the farmer's market with your perfect peach Now I'm in the basement, planning on vacation Now you laying face down, got me saying over a beat You're listening to SZA and Doja Cat. The song is Kill Bill. If you've been on TikTok, you know that song. Today's show is brought to you in part by The Chosen. Season four of The Chosen is coming to theaters nationwide on February 1st. And this season has everything. Clashing kingdoms, rival rulers. And when they're threatened by the reality of Jesus's growing influence, religious leaders do the unthinkable. Choose to ally themselves with the Romans. As the seeds of betrayal are planted in opposition to Jesus' message turns violent, he's left with no alternative but to demand his followers rise up. So get ready, relevant podcast listeners. February 1st is the big release day. Go get your tickets now at thechosenriseup.com. Okay, it's time for a game that Emily has made. Now, Emily, are you playing this game or is this a... It's a group decision. It's a, it's a group three decision. vote. I, say, I wrote yeah, it yeah. specifically so that I could play as well. Okay. Done. 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 So it's like called Super Toy Bracket. What we're going to do is, you know, Mario Brothers, biggest movie of the year. Tetris movie came out. Barbie's coming up later. So it got us thinking about all the nostalgic toys that have become entertainment things, entities, IP that like is bigger than just the toy itself, right? So what we're going to do is a March Madness style bracket where we have two that we're going to pit against each other. You guys are going to vote which one makes it just like we've done with snacks. We've done this a few times and uh, we will ultimately crown the best toy like IP, the best toy, you know, like Let's let's do it. Franchise. There we go. Okay. All right. Here we go. First round. Here's the contestants. Tetris and Barbie. Which one moves on? Oh, gosh. They're like so opposite. Exactly. I feel like it has to be Barbie. Like she, there's so yeah. much about Barbie. Tetris is the most overrated video game of all time. It's like, shut your mouth it, right now. For those of us who like Legos. Bold. If it wasn't for the TI-83 calculator, which forced <laughs> you to play Tetris because the only game you could play on there when you're in Dude. high school doing... Dude trigonometry yeah tetris wouldn't even be a thing so boring i would not have gotten through college without my game boy playing tetris during big (laughs) big like like whatever honestly you're probably better for it than some of the classes you took i thought you could pack a car like nobody's business and i I do legos still like building little blocks on top of each other is a part of my life because of tetris come on barbie what'd she do give body issues to a whole generation (laughs) okay (laughs) Okay, well, maybe that is that. a good point, actually. <laughs> My daughter watches Life in the Dream House on Netflix, which is a Barbie show. Okay. Uh-huh. Every single day. And, uh, you know, I, I I really have become fond of the Roberts family. You know, she does have a last name. It's Roberts, by the way. Oh, I, I did not know that. Barbie Roberts. Barbie Roberts. Yep. And what? her her And is it Ken her, Roberts? Because she's married huh? to Ken, right? No, they're just boy. They're husband, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend. girlfriend. She's oh. in high school. Okay. And uh <laughs> they live in a, a dream house in Malibu because the father Wait, wait. They're living together? No, no, no. No, no the, oh. the Roberts family. Oh, gotta 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 gotta. Now Guess what the father does to underwrite this lifestyle that yeah. involves the most ridiculous camper you've ever seen? Pink <laughs> for Jeeps. a high school kid. Pink, yeah, pink rain. Endless vacations. <laughs> Every other episode, they're on some sort of vacation. Okay, 
guess what the father's profession is that he is able to, and not to mention a dream house in Malibu. What is what do they have him as like a banker or something? He's an what is advertising he? executive. He's a documentary filmmaker. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's exactly. no money in that. Yeah, See, what, what, what they're trying to do is bring some substance to the Barbie world. Like he's uh, documentaries and he's trying. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Let's leave Barbie. Barbie, okay, so Barbie wins. Barbie, Barbie wins. wins Barbie. Beats Tetris in your world. If I had a voting say, I would disagree, but it's fine. All right. Super Mario Brothers or Mortal Kombat. At least it's the same genre. I've never played Mortal Kombat, so I'm. Oh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. It raised Jesse. <laughs> Look, like I said, Mario has no backstory. Right. I mean, literally, like they had to just invent, uh, like, oh, wait, so this was all because Mario wanted his father's approval? Like, are they just inventing that? Like, there is no backstory in Mario. They just made it up and just redid it the whole time. Mortal Kombat, it wasn't like I was some big Mortal Kombat fan, but when I went to Buddy's house that had it, it was awesome. Was there and a story the, behind it? Yeah, it's a, it's a fight to the death tournament <laughs> with like people that have cool powers. Okay. okay. Sounds like Mario. But there's no character development. No, 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 no. I, who cares about this? Mario Brothers, biggest movie of the year, be a billion dollar movie. Super, like the Mortal Kombat movie came out and it was not nearly as successful. You, you have to give weight to the mass appeal of Super Mario Brothers. Well, Don't you? Say it's that, a Mario. Well, and it's more family friendly, I bet. Well, listen, before, though, if we were to have this conversation like three weeks ago, mm-hmm. it would be the same thing. <laughs> Mario had a, a, a really trippy movie come out in the early 90s. That That's was true. a one of the biggest made film studio disasters in, in the modern era of cinema. So the same could be said. I'll, I'll I'll concede that we'll let Mario pass on, but Mortal Kombat was awesome. Let's just say. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here we go. Next one. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Legos? I'm so sorry, Cameron. I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I swear to God. I swear I will burn this to the ground if you choose just, Teenage Mutant I Ninja Turtles over Legos. Ninja Turtles. They're turtles and they eat pizza and fight crime. Like that's incredible. We're talking about like the Lego movies and stuff. Uh, we're talking yeah, about all of just it. Legos, Legos in characters, Legos, movies, Lego uh, movies, all of it. I like, love I their would movies turn this so camera much. around and show you thousands of dollars of Lego sets in this office right now. I have it is a part of my life. How who loves Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the way Lego uh, right fans here. love Legos? That is true though. Like, but you you don't have like a bunch of teenage turtles around, but people that's will what have I'm Legos. Like, yeah. You buy I'm, a little I toy and that's that. it. This is a lifelong brand. Legos. I remember when I was a kid, McDonald's had like the little toy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I did have fun with those. My brother and I, I had will fun. Burn this I was a big turtle ground. fan. I, I will burn I, this were, to the were, ground. They were huge for me. I Legos, don't have a vote, but I will burn this to the ground if y'all don't choose Lego, Legos. Legos over teenage... are plastic bricks you can clamp together. <laughs> and they hurt like H-E double hockey sticks when you I step swear. on them in the middle of the night. Swear, Emily, did you put a super vote in this game? Because I want to cash in my super vote right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Gummit, are y'all choosing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles over Legos? I mean, it, Legos have no. Like I said, they're just blocks that. Clip have you seen the Lego other. movie? Yeah, it, the it, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were named after geniuses. Come yeah. on. 
Yeah. Mm. Renaissance. You know Renaissance what? Artists. Geniuses, They're- actual geniuses love Legos because mm. we can create It feels like worlds. a debate. Look at this. Gosh, I don't have a vote. I'm, I'm yeah. hand tied here or hamstringed yeah. here. It's turtles. It's turtles. Oh my gosh. I, I fell on the turtles, sword for Mortal Kombat. Turtles. I will not do it for turtles. <laughs> Transformers or Dungeons and Dragons? Transformers. No Transformers. Yeah, no question. Those All right. movies trolls, are really cool. Trolls or Clue? <laughs> the game? Okay, yeah. the movie is actually very fun. <laughs> Did trolls the has to be more fun than Clue, though. Clue? The, the, or are you, Emily, are you saying the Trolls movie or the Clue movie? Basically, the Clue yeah. movie. The toy yeah. and the franchise and the IP all, yeah. all in one. Did you know, a little piece of movie trivia, for the original Clue movie, they filmed several endings yes, with, I did. with different murders and they ended up, the plan was to release them all and when you went to go see it, you didn't know which ending you were going to get. But one ending tested so much better than the other ones with test audiences. They just went with that one. But that would have been cool though. The Clue kind of cool. whodunit, you know, uh, uh, you know, sort of like Jane Austen type of uh, story is really having a moment right now. Mm-hmm. We have Knives Out franchise. Knives out. We had, you know, uh, Death on the Nile, which mm-hmm. I thought was was a really good adaptation. Um, you know, uh, what uh, White Lotus is like a murder mystery whodunit. Mm-hmm. Uh, only murders in the building. We got to go wow. cool here. It's wow, really because they, they've impacted society. Yeah. It looks. Like. I mean, yeah. like Trolls yeah. was like what you would like spin it on your pencil. I mean, like you, that's all you got. Clue. I agree with you. All right, here yeah. we go. GI Joe or Bratz with the Z on the end. Oh, Bratz. I thought you said rats. I have Bratz. to go with Bratz. Like Bratz were so big in my childhood. I recognize I'm the only one that's going to say it. But I'm with Bratz. And yeah, I thought the movie was fun. It was camp. I yeah, have no it. I have no attachment to either one of those things. So I don't uh, even. There you go. I was oh never my God, G. I can't I believe Bratz actually won. I thought it was going <laughs> to yeah, be a dead loser. Yeah. Give it to Bratz. Here we go. Care Bears or Angry Birds? <gasps> I loved Care Bears so much. But that's Care my Bears. era. It, I, I like Care know, Bears. I, I got no, I got no, I wasn't into Care Bears, so I don't have any animosity towards him. But Cameron, I'll say if you had not said the word Angry Birds just now, mm-hmm. I, I, I have forgot it even exists. Yeah. Like, <laughs> See, it, that's like, why. It was huge and then just kind of vanished, you know? Yeah. All right, fun. Care Bears. Okay, Battleship or Jumanji? Battleship is still really fun to play. It is. And Battleship, is it? the movie had Rihanna in it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. But, hold on. Okay, I never played the huge. game Jumanji. The, the yeah, movie, The Rock and Kevin Hart, Great, yeah. huge yeah. too. The, all yeah. of them, not to mention so the original and the remake. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, I think Jumanji's had a I bigger think Jumanji. impact. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Round two: Barbie versus the Super Mario Brothers. I'm going with Barbie. Yeah, I'm going Barbie too. Done. All right, next one: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I can't believe made it past Legos uh, or Transformers. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm not bitter. Uh, but I am a uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Transformers. I feel like you got to go Transformers. When I, I saw the Mario movie, they I feel had like they've had a bigger. See, I'm going Turtles just personally, but I will yeah, respect your opinions. two to one. You're outvoted. All right, Transformers makes it Clue or Bratz. Clue, no, no question. Clue, yeah. really? Okay, Care Bears or Jumanji? Oh, Jumanji. <laughs> All right, right, we're in the final four. Here we go. Barbie or Transformers? That feels like that is actually a movie with Barbie and Transformers hanging out. (laughs) I got to go Transformers on this one. I've made my Barbie's case. Optimus Prime is the hero this country needs right now. Mm. He's just a good moral soul. We're all looking for that. Are we agreeing? Is this all agreeing? 
Mm-hmm. Transformers makes it to the finals. Clue or Jumanji? Jumanji. Yeah. Wow. Do it. Right. I would have gotten championship. clue, but I can. Okay, okay. I don't want to I don't want to be the deciding factor. No, 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 no. <laughs> Two to one. Okay, so championship okay. here. Transformers or Jumanji? Best Transformers. 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 No, it, it, it's two toys in one. It is the best value in toys. If you want the truck, you got to <laughs> You want to cool Legos are a million toys in one. Why are you saying? You could, you could say that about any block. I could say uh, <laughs> my Jenga, my Jenga tower. Uh, look, man, I made it a shorter tower. Oh, cool. Look, I made a little fence out of it. That's tower. fine. <laughs> I am so angry that Transformers and not Legos. I told Emily if Legos isn't the winner, I'm burning this to the ground. We're you not doing this ever again. The turtles. Oh my a gosh! All right, Transformers wins the super toy bracket. Congratulations to Mattel. You sound okay. so bitter. Like you, <laughs> I, I am angry. Can... <laughs> Legos has been around since 1941. Why in the world transform? Ugh. Play Michael anyway. Bay. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank Mike Donahue for joining us today. Make sure to check out his new book. It's called Grace in the Gray, A More Loving Way to Disagree, a message we all need. I I threw that on there. That's not part of the title. Also, want to remind you, go check out the spring issue of Relevant. It is out now. We have Michael B. Jordan on the cover. We have Beth Moore. We have uh, Fitz in the Tantrums and... Anna of the North and so many artists and, and, and leaders and other things that you want to check out. It's available for free at relevantmagazine.com. You can check it out there. You can also get the enhanced edition as part of Relevant Plus, which is the best way to experience our content. You find out all the information on that on the website. Make sure to check out relevantmagazine.com every day. We're covering the intersection of faith and culture and more um, right there. It's free. why not check it out follow us on all the socials you can also sign up for our daily newsletter where we send you our top five trending stories every weekday morning it's a great way to keep keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on also if you love the music you hear on the show uh check out our spotify playlist we have heard on the relevant podcast which is all the music i play here on the show we also have worship playlists indie playlists hip-hop playlists we we update regularly um great great way to you know soundtracks for your work days Go check them out. It's on Spotify. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Emily Brown. We will see you on Friday. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at RelevantMagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on the Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at RelevantMagazine.com. People still using jump drives. Relevant Podcast Network.